Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, sir, world. It is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be back with you on Talk Zone. Today is Thursday, the 24th of August. Summer is just flying by. I'm glad you're with me. I've got a good show today. As you know, my show is a blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. Never any fake news. Everything I say on the radio is true. And sometimes you laugh out loud at my dumb news stories about dumb criminals. Today, I certainly want to talk about some dumb criminal law stories and talk a little bit about the solar eclipse and some myths that our forefathers had about eclipses. There will be some words of wisdom, some news tidbits, and of course, I'll end the program with some riddles. Before I get into my dumb criminal law stories, let's do some birthday shout-outs. On this day, August 24th, actor Steve Gutenberg was born. He's 59 years old. The actress Marley Maitland is 52. Newsman David Gregory is 47. And the comedian Dave Chappelle is 44 years old. Happy birthday to all of you. All right, let's go right ahead into the dumb criminal law stories. As you know, I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful that's Orlando, Florida. And it is a beautiful day, despite the fact that we're having some early afternoon showers. All right, our first story comes from Florida. The headline says, Kaboom! The story. We learned that an Orlando couple were lucky to survive after their Kia Sorento exploded last week. Police said the two were transporting a gas barbecue grill that was turned on and still connected to a propane tank. When the wife lit a cigarette, the car exploded. Kaboom! The couple sustained mild but not life-threatening injuries. Thank heavens. What kind of idiots transport a barbecue grill that's turned on and still hooked up to the propane tank? Well, I don't know. Another story from Florida. Headline. Bang is just the headline. Bang. It's been reported that a man trying to take a selfie in a strip club restroom took a wrong shot, firing his gun by accident instead of his camera. The bullet went through the wall of Club Lust in St. Petersburg and ended up in the women's restroom. Now, no one was hit, but Ron Sorn, 34, a convicted felon, was sentenced to six years and five months in prison for violation of his probation by carrying and discharging a firearm. (laughs) Taking a selfie and shoots his gun instead of the camera. My God. All right, we've got more stories here. Yep, another one from Florida. Headline, you scream, they scream, we all scream for ice cream. A drive-thru customer became enraged when he was told that the ice cream machine was out of order at a McDonald's in Delray Beach, Florida. The customer became so enraged, he pulled out a replica AR-15 assault rifle and aimed it at the window clerk who had delivered the bad news. 
Another employee watching surveillance video called 911, and police promptly arrived and arrested the customer and his passenger for assault. <laughs> also, they say the replica AR-15 was taken by the police. France, Sacre Bleu, said the headline. Two seemingly high-strung food fanatics flew into a rage because their crepes were not sweet enough, police say. The women diners ordered the pancakes with whipped cream in the town of Trigastar. They ate and left the restaurant, but soon returned to demand a refund. When a waitress refused, they allegedly threatened to smash the business's windows, prompting management to call the gendarmes. That is the French police. <laughs> All right. Let's go on. Another story. This one is from Illinois. Headline. Irony. A woman was arrested for drunken driving while she was driving to a court-ordered DUI class for a previous arrest. Vanessa Vargas, 23, from the Chicago suburb of Cicero, blew a .196 blood alcohol level when she was pulled over at the end of July, authorities say. As most of you know, the legal limit in Illinois and most states is .08. She blew a .196. Irony could be. How about this one from Louisiana? Headline, simple. It says, Steam Roller Robbery. Travis Campbell, 33, boosted a Caterpillar steamroller from a closed construction site in New Orleans and motored away at the top speed of eight miles per hour. When police officers caught up with him, Campbell claimed to be a worker at the site. However, the construction company maintained that Campbell had not returned his keys when he was fired several years ago. You know, we wonder whether there is a black market for stolen steamrollers. Who wants to buy a, a, a stolen steamroller? I just don't know. These stories just don't end, huh? Don't. New Hampshire. This happened just last week. The headline read, He's not making New Hampshire great again. A man enraged by a road closure in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, a few weeks uh, last week, intentionally hit a construction zone flagman and sped off, police say. The suspect, Robert Freeze, 61, was not difficult to find, police say, because of his vanity license plates, which read, Trump won. <laughs> vanity plates, Trump won. Oh, well, he's not making New Hampshire great again. These stories just don't go away. Here's a story from Ohio. You know that there's a opioid and heroin addiction going on in the Midwest. The headline of this story read, Business Card Drug Paraphernalia. A woman was found passed out on heroin, which she allegedly snorted using a police chief's business card. The unconscious woman and her drugs were brought to the Canal Fulton Police Department over the last weekend in July by a concerned household member. The drug paraphernalia included the rolled-up business card from Chief Douglas Schwartz that was used to snort the heroin. 
It appears that Schwartz had answered a call at the residence earlier that day. The woman uh, and left his business card. The woman, we learn, was given the option to see seek treatment in lieu of arrest, according to officials. No word on what she actually did do, but I hope she stays off that smack. Here's one from Oregon. Headline, Bloody Fool. A DWI suspect in Oregon was fleeing the police and was arrested in a jiggle joint. His name, Noah Eiler, 29 years old, slammed his car into a fire hydrant and two decorative lampposts. This is in the town of Springfield, Oregon. He then fled on foot and tried hiding inside the Brick House Gentleman's Club, which is right across the street from police headquarters. Now, he was not hard to spot because he was the only bloody guy in the in the place, say police. <laughs> Tennessee, the headline for this story, she'll be in the big house over the dollhouse. A woman tried to steal a dollhouse worth $1,000 but couldn't fit it into her automobile. Kingsport, Tennessee police reported... Uh, or released, rather, a security video showing the frustrated bandit struggling with the dollhouse, which she stole from a storage unit. Eventually, she had to give up and took off in a black Oldsmobile Alero, leaving the dollhouse. An arrest has not yet been made, but police are on the lookout. A story from Texas. If you snooze, you nay lose, say the headlines. It's been reported that Kanyani... Sedekia, 20 years old, pulled a gun on his roommate and then tied him up after an argument over money in Abilene, Texas. After Sedekia fell asleep, the roommate wriggled free of his bonds, called police, who arrived promptly to find Sedekia still sleeping. Police went to work, waking him up and promptly charging him with aggravated robbery. These stories just never, never stop. How about this one from Texas? Watermelon Man, says the headline. A truck stopped at the Mexico-Texas border last week was allegedly carrying only refreshing summer watermelons. Nevertheless, officials pulled over the refrigerated tractor trailer for a second inspection at the Far International Bridge. Stashed among the watermelons, customs officials found 2,304 pounds of marijuana worth about $460,000. Yes, an arrest was made, and both the melons and the marijuana were all confiscated. This is a nasty one, but I'm going to tell it. It comes from Vermont. Vermont. The headline, Pew. A man was charged with disorderly conduct for spraying liquid manure on a marked U.S. Customs and Border Protection car. Mark Johnson, 53, of Allberg, Vermont, claimed the spraying was an accident. However, a Border Patrol agent said Johnson had just complained about the feds purportedly failing to do more to crack down on illegal immigrants doing farm labor in the Vermont area. Oops. <laughs> All right, I love these stories. Let's see what else I have. Virginia, the headline reads, Toxic Windex and or Toxic Woman. 
A woman was sentenced last week to more than three years in prison for poisoning a co-worker's coffee with Windex. Maida Juarez, 33, of Sterling, Virginia, had pleaded guilty in February to adulteration of food. Juarez's supervisor found security footage showing her pouring Windex into the break room coffee maker after her colleagues experienced stomach pains and vomiting. Boo, that's a horrible story. Toxic Windex and, yeah, boo, booing is a, booing is appropriate. Okay. At any rate, those are the dumb criminal law stories for this week, folks. Maybe you got a laugh or two. These stories are all true. If you want to read more of my dumb criminal law stories that I collect, you can go to my blog. It's www.birdsongslaw, all one word, birdsongslaw.com. You can read some of the stories I collect for free. Right now, we're going to take a pause for the cause, and we will be back to talk about a little bit about the solar eclipse of Monday. Did you look up in the sky to see it? This is Leonard Birdsong on Talk Zone Radio. Stick with us. More to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, it is. Leonard Birdsong back with you on Talk Zone. I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. Well, on Monday we had a solar eclipse. I don't know. Were you able to see it? Hopefully not with your naked eye. It's been reported that millions of Americans were blanketed in pitch blackness on Monday as the total solar eclipse stretched from coast to coast for the first time in nearly a century. 
The New York Post reports that thousands of New Yorkers stopped, or New York City people stopped in their tracks and streamed from office buildings to look up at the cloudy skies. However, there was an eclipse. Now, the eclipse, I'm told, took about 90 minutes to cross the continental United States, which hasn't happened since 1918. The last such domestic domestic event in 1979 reached only five states. In our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., we learn that um, President Trump stepped out on his balcony from the White House, second floor of the White House, and uh, he was with First Lady Melania and their son, Barron. They tried to catch a glimpse of the eclipse at 2.40 p.m. on Monday. Before um, putting on protective glasses, Trump gestured to the crowd below and looked up directly into the sun for just a moment. An aide shouted, don't look. At any rate, we hope he'll be well. Now, we know that Monday's total solar eclipse was not caused by a bear biting the sun, a dragon swallowing it, or an X-rated get-together between heavenly bodies. And yet, as our ancestors have done for millions of years, people freaked out about this total solar eclipse. Now, there have been lots of stories and myths about eclipses, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. If you think that astronomers of 2000, in 2017 think the solar eclipse is some overwhelming sight, how do you think goat herders 3,000 years ago took it when the sun suddenly went dark in the middle of the, of the day. Often, that sheep herder concluded that something had eaten the sun. Now, some people have thought that a dragon did it. These are people of ancient times. According to stories from China, India, Armenia, Tibet, Persia, and other parts of the world, they think that dragons may have eaten the sun. Traditional tales from other cultures blamed a demon, then a jaguar, a frog or a toad, a wolf, or a group of stakes, snakes. rather. The indigenous Pomo people of Northern California envisioned a great cranky bear rambling through the heavens and biting the sun when it refused to move out of the way. <laughs> the Tartars of western Siberia said that a vampire tried to swallow the sun, but he spit it out when it burned his tongue. Same for the fire dogs of Bolivian and Korean tradition, which were sent by an evil king to steal the sun but couldn't hold it in their mouths very long. Now, for centuries, astronomers, poets, philosophers, and authors have used eclipses in their works. You might remember, Shakespeare mentioned them as bad omens in King Lear and his play, Anthony and Cleopatra. John Milton, who compared the fall of Satan to a solar eclipse in his epic poem, Paradise Lost, could have experienced an eclipse over England in 1654. That's 13 years before he published his epic poem. Mark Twain used an eclipse as a pivotal point in his story 
a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, when the time-traveling Yankee saves himself from execution by making a medieval court believe that he can darken the sun. The story was based on real-life Christopher Columbus, who escaped a jam in Jamaica back in 1504 by using a similar ploy with a lunar eclipse. Horror story writer Stephen King connected two of his novels, Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne, through the solar eclipse that was visible over Maine in July 1963. Some stories were another kind of another kind of hot, according to oral traditions of Australian Aboriginal cultures. The sun and the moon were man and woman in love, they say, and eclipses darkened the world when they got together so they would have a little privacy. Other Australians correctly assumed that something covered the sun, but they thought it might have been possum fur, or a huge black bird, or a sorcerer's cloak rather than the moon. We learn in a Transylvania folktale, the sun turns away from humankind's horrible behavior during an eclipse, and a toxic dew falls. Now, dew does does appear during some eclipses because of the <clears throat> sudden temperature drop, but the dew isn't poisonous. In Washington, D.C., the temperature dropped 10 degrees as the sun went over in uh, mid-afternoon this, this particular Monday, last Monday. Even into the 19th century, some people believed that you shouldn't breathe the outdoor air during an eclipse. Laundry left out to dry was considered contaminated. Native Alaskans interpreted an eclipse to mean the sun was sick, so they turned over their pots and cooking utensils to avoid the sun's illness. <laughs> now, we've had a few moon-worshipping cultures in ancient times, such as the Shimu of northern Peru. They celebrated solar eclipses as lunar victories. But the takeaway for most of these myths is that the solar eclipse was a bad or even terrible thing. A century ago, the Navajo Indians believed that the eclipse of 1918 over the American Southwest was an omen that foreshadowed the Spanish flu pandemic. Tens of millions died in the following months, including 2,000 Navajo Indians. And now, we're no longer superstitious about eclipses, except that maybe we are. In 2009, financial behaviorist Gabriel Lepore found the stock prices tend, that stock prices tend to fall on eclipse days. And yes, they did fall a little bit on Monday. Some people close their curtains and refuse to go out if there is an eclipse. Now, there are some other things about Eclipse that I want you to know. Now, this is information that was put together by a young lady by the name of Bonnie Berkowitz. It's very interesting. Now, in some ancient people, because they figured that nothing good was coming from an Eclipse, people often came up with creative ways to end them. The Chippewa Indians of North America shot flaming arrows into the sky to rekindle the sun. Ancient Mayans ate a certain type of snake. Hindus in India immersed themselves in water, particularly water of the Ganges River, which is considered to be purifying, to encourage the sun to fight off the dragon that was swallowing the sun. 
I'm told that some modern Hindus still take a traditional dip in sacred waters during eclipses. Now, the ancient Chinese were known to bang drums and pots and make a big racket as a possible way to scare the dragon away that was eating the sun. Chinese astronomers kept meticulous records of eclipses in part because they were considered to be a kind of cosmic referendum on the emperor, and not in a good way. Fearing that the eclipse might mean they would die, emperors would stay out of the palace, eat only vegetarian meals, and perform rituals to restore the sun. Legend has it that at least two palace astronomers were beheaded for being drunk on the job, and depending on that story, either failing to predict an eclipse or failing to show up when one appeared. <laughs> now, solar eclipses were extremely serious business to the sun-worshipping Aztecs, who had grisly ways of preventing them, said Susan Milberth, the um, curator, or emeritus curator of the Latin American Art and Archaeology Museum in Florida's Museum of Natural History. The Aztecs believed that on a certain date in their calendar, for Olin to be specific, a solar eclipse accompanied by an earthquake would cause the end of the world. When that date rolled around every 260 days, priests performed a ritual, human sacrifice to speed, to see, to feed rather, and strengthen the sun and to ward off the eclipse. Boy, there's more about eclipse than I ever wanted to know. But you might want to know this. The first eclipse chaser may have been a man called Monsieur Le Chevalier de Louville of the Royal Academy of Sciences in Paris, who trekked to London in 1715 to see the eclipse that his friend Edmund Haley had predicted. Haley built on the work of Sir Isaac Newton, who had published uh, a few years ago, a few years before, a treatise about uh, how factor gravity, gravi how factor, how gravity factored into a solar eclipse. Haley, of course, is better known for predicting when a comet or a certain comet would come around again. Haley's Comet. The bravest eclipse chaser that we know of may have been Navy photographer Alvin Peterson, who spent two hours on top of a flying dirigible with his movie camera to film the eclipse over New York City on January 24, 1925. According to John Dvorak, who tells Peterson's story in the book Mask of the Sun, Peterson got several reels of video and severe Fosbright. So, why do people like to go to extremes to see an eclipse, ask some people. The reason is quite simple. Because it may be the most beautiful sight you'll ever see in nature. Some people consider eclipse deeply emotional because you feel the ominous shadow of the moon racing across the sun. Some people say it's a sensory experience. I don't know. I really didn't see much of the eclipse. I was outside. I didn't have the glasses. I didn't look up. There seemed to be some shadows. I'm going to wait for the next eclipse. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Did you look up at the eclipse on Monday? <laughs> you can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com to tell me whether you had some experience of the eclipse. I'll be right back with you. There's more to come. Stick with me. 
Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you on Talk Zone. I'm here on Thursdays, Eastern uh, Thursdays, uh, from one until two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, this is Internet Radio at its best, and you can listen to me 24 hours, seven days a week on your computer or your Talk Zone app. I hope you do listen. I have some words of wisdom that I want to pass on. This fellow, Dave. Bill Davidson is a colleague who sends me these sort of uplifting words of wisdom, and I like to share them with you. Here's one called, It's All About the View. A young woman was complaining to her father about her problems and how difficult her life was. Come with me, said the father. I want to show you something. He took her into the kitchen where he put three pots of water on the stove to heat. Meanwhile, he cut up some carrots and put them into the first pot to boil. Into the simmering water of the second pot, he put two eggs. In the third pot, he poured some ground coffee. After a few minutes, he strained the carrots into a bowl, peeled the eggs and put them into another bowl, and into a cup he poured the strained coffee. Then he placed them before his daughter. She said, What are these supposed to be? She sounded very impatient. The father said, Each of these items can teach something about the way we handle adversity, my daughter. The carrots started out hard, but the boiling water turned them mushy. The eggs went into the water fragile, but came out hard and rubbery. The coffee, on the other hand, changed the water into something better. Sweetheart, he said, you can choose how you respond to your problems. You let them, you can let them make you weak. You can let them make you hard or you can use them to create something beneficial. It's all up to you. What will you make of your problems today? Thank you, Bill. It's all about the view. He said, it's all about the view. Now, because I have the time, I'm going to read another set of words of wisdom that Bill Davidson sent me, and maybe it'll strike a chord with you. This one is called The Harvest. As many successful people will tell you, you have to have goals and you have to have a plan to reach them. Each of us have aspirations of where we want to arrive, 
prior to the ends of our careers. More times than not, we get a little overzealous about what we think might be the correct time frame for advancement. When successful people reflect on their past, most of their failures were moments in their careers where they thought they deserved something that they weren't quite ready for. In hindsight, the failures were actually wins that further prepared them for the next step. They learn that not only you have to be looking up, but they have to be looking within. Whether you're in sales, management, a business owner, or simply a person with a dream, a farmer's character is one to be examined and learned from. In order for a farmer to be successful, there has to be a very specific plan, and the plan must be executed with detail. Not only must the strategy be implemented with care, but proper preparation must also take place to assure the seed that is planted will grow. Once the seed is planted, the farmer must nurture and provide an environment for growth. During this time period, one of the most important traits must be exercised. A farmer has to exercise patience. Patience to allow the seed to grow into a new mature plant that will produce a fruit. Patience to allow the produced fruit to mature until the right time to maximize his harvest. So just like the farmer, we must have a strategic plan and we must execute it with detail. The proper preparations must be put into place to allow our idea or our plan to grow. Once the seed, or once the seed we plant rather, begins to grow, it must be nurtured and continuous value built to provide the proper environment for success. Patience must be exercised, folks, until the right time to reap the harvest of our efforts. Whether it's a sales call, a job search, or a career path, adopting a farmer's mentality will help you get there. Are you planning properly to maximize your harvest? Think about it, folks. Just think about it. This is Leonard Birdsong. I'm here with you on Talk Zone Radio. If you want to know more about me, you can go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You'll find all about me. You can also buy my humor books. There are 14 of them that I have, full of laughs and very inexpensive. I like being here on the radio with you because I get a chance to read some of my dumb criminal law stories and pass on maybe some news tidbits and things like that because I like scouring the news and bringing these things to you. Again, you can find some of my dumb criminal law stories on uh, my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. Now, I have a few news tidbits here that I want to share with you. We're going to take a break in just a few moments, but listen to this. A Wisconsin man shot himself in the heart with a nail gun and then calmly transported himself to the hospital. This was just last week. Doug Bergeson was his name, insisted it didn't really hurt when he accidentally drove the three-and-a-half-inch nail into his chest while building a house. Bergeson drove himself 10 miles to a hospital where doctors removed the spike saying it missed a main artery by the thickness of a piece of paper. 
Boy, the Lord certainly takes care of some people. Now, here's another interesting, perhaps little news tidbit. In Florida, where I live, it's the lightning capital of the world. We get more lightning strikes in the Orlando area than anywhere else in the world. But, however, there's a little story. It says, fewer dead bolts. Fewer dead bolts. Lightning, once one of nature's biggest killers, is claiming far fewer lives in the United States, mostly because we've learned to get out of the way. In the 1940s, when there were fewer people, lightning killed more than 300 people annually. So far this year, 13 people have died after being struck on pace for a record low of 17 deaths. Taking the growth population into account, the lightning death rate has shrunk more than 40-fold since record-keeping began in 1940. Before I came to live in Florida, I didn't think much about lightning, but, you know, we read stories all the time about people getting struck by lightning here in Florida. Many of them are not killed, but you got to be very, very careful. Here's an interesting little story. The headline says, in this case, all good things come to those who are late. All good things come to those who are late. A bored Michigan traveler whose flight was canceled bought a Mega Millions ticket at the airport while waiting to be rerouted. And the lucky ducat, ducat rather, turned out to be a $1 million winner. Paul Kaharvik is his name. He's 56 of Muskegon, Michigan, was coming home from a business trip when his plan, when his plans changed and he pressed his luck, bought that ticket, and now he is a millionaire. How about that, folks? Well, there are many of these news tidbits. Many of them come from the Associated Press. How about this one? This was from Germany. Headline says, Soggy Commute. Fed up with the grind of taking a bus or bike to work on the congested streets of Munich, Germany, Benjamin David started a swimming contest to go to work. Instead of being involved with the bus or a bike, the burly German beer garden worker now packs his laptop and clothes into a waterproof bag dons his wetsuit, and slides into the river Izar for his journey to work. He swims to work every day. Can you believe that? <laughs> well, these stories never end. I've got some more here, but right now I'd like to take a pause, and we'll be back with some more news pit tidbits. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Stick with us. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, 
talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong. Back with you here. I've had a interesting show. I hope you've liked it. I told you some dumb criminal law stories and told you some myths about the eclipse that people of ancient times had. I've given you some words of wisdom, and now I'm doing some news tidbits that you probably haven't seen in the news, but that I've found and that you might want to know about. Here are a couple of stories about critters. The headline on the first one reads, Foxed in by Critter. This comes out of New York State. A Putnam County woman was attacked by a gray fox in her yard, and the animal chased her inside her home. According to the Journal News newspaper, the fox came from a nearby woods and bit the woman on her ankle, scratched her, and chased her inside her own home. She and her children then fled the house and left the fox trapped in the home. Her name, Cricket Dykeman of Dykeman's Wildlife Control, was the lady. A wildlife control officer said the fox will be euthanized and tested for rabies. We hope there were no rabies. Now, here's the second story about critters. The, the headline read, Skunk Hops Into Bed. A Connecticut boy got an unpleasant surprise when he awoke to find a skunk in his bed. The 13-year-old was awoken in his upstairs bedroom by the animal, which had climbed into the sack with him, according to police. The skunk apparently got into the home by climbing through a hole in a trash can and uh, then uh, unwittingly, an unwitting resident rather brought the can inside. And it's not clear how the skunk found its way into the boy's bed, but no one was happy about the outcome, of course. The Hamden Animal Control Division responded to the call on July 25th, and police said an animal control officer arrived to the point, to the pungent smell of skunk, which emanated throughout the house. Family members got the animal out of the house on their own. P.U. Good Lord. Skunk smell is horrible, and it's hard to get rid of. A skunk in bed with a 13-year-old. Isn't that something? I just can't get over that. All right. Here's one about Slovenia. It says, the headline, Slow to Fast, Thanks Mel. The tiny European nation of Slovenia is undergoing a tourism boom, partly because of the native country, it's the native country of the First Lady of the United States, Melania Trump. The Slovenian Statistics Office said Monday, this was past Monday, that more than 1,939,000 tourists visit the Alpine country of 2 million residents in the first half of this year. That's a 15% increase from the same period last year. Analyzing the impact of the Slovenian-born First Lady, the office said the number of U.S. visitors has risen 15% since President Trump took office in January. 
Just wanted you to know that. Now, here's a sort of cute story, one you don't hear. Headline, British pub denies holy spirits. A British pub has apologized for turning away a group of trainee priests after mistaking them for a rowdy bachelor party (laughs) over being a, a rowdy bachelor's revelers in costume. Father Michael Doyle said the clerics were turned away by a doorman who told them, sorry, gents, we have a policy of no fancy dress and no stag doings. The men were reprieved when a bar manager realized that they were legitimate priests and gave them a free round of ale on the house. (laughs) Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, boy. (laughs) Thought they were dressed up in costumes. Here's one from Iran. Iranians desperate for work took this movie poster too literally, says the headline. Dozens of unemployed men flocked to Cinema Baman in the northern city of Zanjiang, Iran, to apply for jobs after they were fooled by an ad for the movie Workmen Needed. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. The foreign film centers on three men who travel to Tehran to search for work. Shut that phone off. All right, I'm broadcasting here, and I've got more to say. Some of you may have heard this story. The headline says, Swastika Tea is a No-Go. A company called Teespring has removed a rainbow swastika t-shirt from its site and says it's uh, adding layers of oversight to prevent people from offering offensive designs for sale on its website. The company allows anyone to post a T-shirt design, and if it sells, Teespring will produce it. After images of the shirt with the swastika on it circulated on social media, Jewish groups and others pushed for a boycott of the site. The uh, Teespring company says it uses keyword detection image recognition and human reviewers to keep offensive designs out but adds that sometimes they need more oversight. A swastika T-shirt is certainly not something I'd want to see people wearing on the street. Maybe neo-Nazis will like it, though. Here's one, another story. It says, the headline, Banks a Million. A man who tried to deposit a $1 million bill in the bank was charged with drug possession in Iowa. Sioux City police officers were called to the Northwest Bank branch Thursday to talk to a man who tried to deposit the fake bill. There's no such thing as a legitimate $1 million bill. They said they asked Dennis Strickland, 33, whether he had any other bills in his pocket, and a baggie fell out when he emptied his pocket. The complaint, that is, the police complaint says the baggie contained Methamphetamine. <laughs> Go figure. A million dollar bill deposited in the bank. Well, let's see. What else do I have today? Not a whole lot. You know, the news business is a little slow in uh, late August. And that's the way it's always been. So what I'm going to do is move right along here to some 
riddles. This is the way I usually end my show. So let's talk about the first riddle. Can you tell me, what's the worst thing about throwing a party in outer space? What is the worst thing about throwing a party in outer space? Think about it. You got it? Well, the worst thing about throwing a party in outer space, folks, is that you have to plan it. <laughs> Get it? You have to plan it? <laughs> All right. I don't think it's that funny, but it is funny. All right. That's the first one. Got a couple of more here. Why shouldn't you tell insect jokes? Why should you not tell insect jokes? Go ahead. Think about it. Why shouldn't you tell insect jokes? I'll tell you why. It's because they bug people. <laughs> Don't tell insect jokes because they bug people. All right. Maybe you got those two. What about this one? Do skunks celebrate Valentine's Day? Do skunks celebrate Valentine's Day? What do you think? Yes or no? Of course skunks celebrate Valentine's Day because they're sentimental. <laughs> sentimental, get it? <laughs> All right, since I have a little time here, here's the last one I'm going to tell you. See if you can get it. How do you break your addiction to the hokey pokey? How do you break your addiction to the hokey pokey? Think about it. You can break your addiction to the hokey pokey by turning yourself around. Get it? <laughs> All right, you had to think about that for a while, huh? You can break your addiction to the hokey pokey by turning yourself around. All right, folks, this is Leonard Birdsong. I'm on Talk Zone Radio every Thursday from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love being here with you, broadcasting from the beautiful studios in Orlando, Florida. I'll be back with you next week. <clears throat> I want you to stick with me. We have more dumb criminal law stories and more riddles and more news tidbits for you. I love being here with you. I'm signing off until next week. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. See you next week. <laughs>